Hello everyone and welcome to The Way Podcast, Mind, Body, and Spirit. The Way is a community of believers established with the sole purpose of serving others. I will be your host, Doug Sauer, and each week we bring in key leaders of The Way to discuss healing of the mind, body, and spirit through the Lord Jesus Christ. All the members of The Way want to sincerely say thank you for listening each week and look forward to building a strong, positive, faith-based community together with you. And so, without further ado, let's join in this week's episode. Hey, how's it going, everyone? And welcome back to The Way Podcast. I am your host, Doug Sauer. And today we have back on the show, Lisa Eaton and Sheila Mahler. How are we doing today, ladies? Hi, Doug. Doing really great. Okay, so Lisa, today you wanted to talk a little bit about past hurts and how we're affected by them in our lives. And I don't really know about any of the listeners out there, but me personally have got a pretty long laundry list full of them because there's so many different types, I guess you could say, which during my fighting career, I got punched in the face a lot, so that hurt. But I would say the most recent hurt after thinking about it would be probably my dad passing away about four years ago. And I would say our relationship would be considered as extremely tight. Definitely say that affected my attitude towards life and just people in general, I guess. Gives you kind of a sense of hard to trust or open up or get close to anyone, assuming something tragic was going to happen all of a sudden. But I guess we all go through those types of things at one stage or another. And as I stated earlier, there's so many different types of hurt. So how do past hurts affect how we respond to others or at least affect our assumption of others? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's different for everybody, of course, because we all, you know, I I kind of think we've been changed a little bit, touched, affected by every interaction we have in our lives. But definitely the ones that are closer to our heart are the ones where we are hurt or we're grieving or missing someone who's gone. Or if we feel like we've been wronged by others, we kind of build this wall around our heart for protection. And then it kind of affects how we interact with other people because we have all this history of the hurts we have in the past. And then say somebody reacts a certain way that reminds us, whether it's conscious or not, of another time when we were hurt, we assume the person we're interacting with now also might be thinking or feeling the same way. But a good example of that, which I wanted to bring up tonight, is after the last podcast, Sheila and I probably, you know, share like how you reacted. But after the last podcast, I got a really, really bad cold, possibly the flu. And so Sheila was wanting to kind of talk about how it went and what I thought. And I wasn't really responding because I was feeling kind of badly. And then Sheila, why don't you share like what was going on in your head? Yeah. So we talked about sharing this story tonight because I think it happens, especially for women all the time. Lisa's a social worker. My mom is a social worker. And I can remember growing up, like anytime I would have input into things that were relating to the mind, my mom kind of being like, oh, I guess, you know, because, you know, you you have any 
kind of education in this area, kind of blowing me off in that way. And when we did the the podcast, I was worried that I was interrupting Lisa all the time because I get so excited about this topic. I think that the mind is such a place, you know, for healing for all of us. And it affects so much about, you know, 80% of your strength is in your mind, like your physical power, it's in your mind. So I think this is such a cool topic. So I was excited to talk at the last podcast. And then Lisa is so profound and so soft-spoken and so careful at choosing her words. I thought at the end of the call, I was like, man, I jumped on top of it every five seconds. I was interrupting her and I was feeling kind of bad. And I'm used to seeing Lisa like four times a week. We go to mass on the same day and she works out with me once or twice a week. So anyway, I'm used to seeing her frequently. And of course, she was sick, but I didn't know that. And I was just sure that she was ticked at me for having input into the content of our podcast and that I interrupted her and I pissed her off. And I was in my mind, I was like, oh my gosh, she's going to quit the way. I know she is. <laughs> she's probably thinking like, hey, I'm a professional. I have a reputation to protect. I'm not doing this anymore. I had come up with this whole scenario, which of course was complete and total fabrication of my own mind. It did kind of make me a little bit like leery of how I was going to talk to Lisa the next time I talked to her and we're pretty good friends. So I think, you know, for women, this happens to us all the time. We're just so sure that someone has ticked at us or you know, that we've done something. And so someone is going to react another way that we almost beat them to the punch, you know, like, oh, she's blowing me off. Well, guess what? I'm just going to blow her off as well. Right. But then what's so cool, though, Sheila, is you were brave enough to ask me about it. And then we talked about it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, no, it was great. I think we both were seeing very similar things. And we were excited about it. And I thought it was a fabulous interaction. You were brave enough to bring that up and share it with me, which I think is a really good point. Like right. I think when we do have these assumptions that this is how someone else is feeling, you're only going to know if you ask them. Exactly. Yeah. And I think yeah. that if we weren't friends in Christ, like if we didn't share the Eucharist together at least once a week, I think maybe it would have been a little harder to be that, you know, like, hey, is everything okay? Are you are you ticked at all about the way that the podcast went, you know, or whatever? Yeah, I feel like that relationship with Christ first and then that relationship with the friend makes a huge difference, you know, in how much you're willing to put yourself out there. And it was still scary, right? I mean, it, it was, was yeah. Because it's all, it is always kind of a risk because you really don't know what's actually going on inside someone else's head unless they choose to share it with you. So it's the risk and it's scary, but it was, yeah, beautifully brave that you brought it up. And then it was like immediately as soon as we had one little conversation, all of that fear and tension was gone. It's like, nope, we're all good. Right, we're all, right. We're on the way and loving it. Well, and I think we all do that. We all do that, especially like this is something new. This podcast is something new for us. So I absolutely question, oh my gosh, did that even make sense? Or who's going to really want to listen to this? Or I mean, I think that as humans, we question ourselves a lot. And then one of the things, you know, I wanted to talk about today is with Lent coming up, sitting on Wednesday with Ash Wednesday, you know, how can we trust that God has a plan for us? And how can we go along with that plan. Starting this podcast was a struggle for me at first. When I told Sheila that I would help out with the retreats, it was easy for me to be okay with it because she asked me to come out and provide a workout with boxing and kickboxing. And a lot of people know that's what I do and you know who I am. And so it wasn't really out of the ordinary for me to go out and do boxing and kickboxing. But starting this podcast, you know, actually a religious podcast at that, it's completely out of my comfort zone, which I guess now realizing that is the exact formulation for growth. So that's <laughs> Absolutely that's true. Anything hard, anything yes. hard we learn and grow. But I still haven't committed 100% to 
putting it all out there and, you know, sharing it with people and just because of that little voice in my head, you know, so, so how does fear and shame get in the way of believing we're created by God and that he has a purpose for us? No, it's a really great question. You know, fear and shame gets in the way of God's true purpose for us, but we all have it, you know, and it is very human to be fearful and to wonder if we're good enough and to feel shame about our past mistakes or current mistakes. And so, like I said, it's just, it's hard to acknowledge that just for ourselves. And then, but once you do, then you can actually make a different choice. You can actually um, make a different choice and choose God, choose to pray, choose to be quiet, choose to take a walk in the woods, choose to find love in your life. Go ahead, Sheila. What were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say, I think, Doug, when you were talking in the beginning about your dad's death, and I feel the same way about my dad's death, that, you know, when someone you love dies, it brings up so many things from fear to mistrust to uh, maybe some, I don't know about resentment, but maybe some like, you know, wishing you had done things differently or regret maybe. And I think that fear and, and regret and all those types of things that get in the way, I think just bringing light to them makes them go away. I think anything you keep bottled up, you know, festers and grows and anything that you bring to the light and just say out loud, just like you just did at the beginning of the podcast is the beginning. Don't you think, Lisa? I mean, fear Absolutely. only can grow. Yeah, only can grow in the dark. Yeah. Anything that you bring to light, you feel like a bit of a I feel like a bit of a dork saying like, oh, I was just worried my friend was gonna be mad at me. But really, I think that I think that we do that. All of us do that without maybe admitting it all the time, you know, and so then we do act out of those things to protect our egos. And, you know, that's when strife can kind of come into a situation. Absolutely. I think that's a beautiful, Sheila, is keeping all of that to ourselves. It does just grow and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and it feels kind of insurmountable. But sharing it, like you said, bringing it to the light, which is a beautiful way to word that, bringing it to the light helps us to understand ourselves and then we can clear up any miscommunication or any misperceptions that we have with others. And, you know, emotions just kind of complicate all of that, right? I mean, we are human beings filled with many, many emotions. And when tragic things happen, like losing people that are dear to us and that we love, it just intensifies all of the emotions. So it intensifies the sadness and the sometimes anger and regret. And But then other times, like for you, Sheila, you know, you had this beautiful vision of the way and it really kind of came together for you at your dad's funeral. It's true, so yeah. All of those emotions, all of those emotions for you in that moment really helped to create this beautiful community of the way, just to help us understand ourselves and therefore understand, hopefully, get to the place where we can also look beyond ourselves and understand each other, and then also um, look towards God and uh, try to figure out what His plan for us is. Yeah, I don't know about you, Doug, but I know my dad's death had a really strong effect on me as far as like helping me to open up more than I have in the past. So I don't know if that's a coincidence that it's happened since he died or, you know, if it's something about his passing. I think when people that we love die, it does make a big change in us. And sometimes, you know, like you said, the mistrust of like, okay, now what's going to happen? Like you're almost waiting for the next bad thing to happen. But then maybe the next thing that comes after that, like mistrust is just an openness. Like, yeah, I mean, life is definitely short and there's no guarantee of how, you know, how much time any of us has. Yeah. It's wonderful and it's horrible to think about the fragility of life. I woke up this morning and like 
the worst possible mood and snapped at my wife for like absolutely no reason within like 15 minutes of my eyes being awake, which I feel like I haven't done, you know, in, in a while. I mean, she may have a different opinion on that, but you know, I don't feel like <laughs> that, you know, but you know, I just woke up with an overall sense of just being impatient just with life and almost pissed at myself because I'm, I'm not where I want to be completely yet in life. I mean, with, you know, my health, my career, my finances, you know, all of it. So, so why is it so hard to just be in the moment and to fully trust in God's plan? It's a million dollar question. I'm going to tell you what my dad would say. All you got to do, it's so simple. You just got to learn how not to want. My would say drink a beer. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I think like there's no easy answer. Well, there's an easy answer, but it's not easy to do. So the easy answer, I think, is to simplify, to decide in this moment how I'm going to choose to be child of God or how I'm going to choose to be a good wife or how I'm going to choose to be a good mom or how I'm going to choose to be a good therapist or how I'm going to give to others today. And give to others could be so simple, like a smile at somebody in Walmart or holding the door open for someone or a love tech. Like you think about a friend you haven't thought about in a while and just a quick little text like, hey, just thinking about you, love you. Like there's a million small little things that we can do every day if we just let ourselves slow down, which is hard to do in this kind of crazy rat race life that we live in with getting our kids to games and getting ourselves to where we need to be and all the things makes it hard. But if we could just slow down and be intentional and purposeful about being kind to others, showing love to others in whatever small or large ways. I have a thought about the impatience too. You said you woke up feeling really impatient. And I can tell you that if you think of yourself as a person who is attempting to live a good life, like if you're trying to do things for God and you're making strong efforts towards living a good life, which I believe that you are, then you can trust that certain feelings come from God and certain other feelings come from from the enemy. So if you're feeling motivated, enthusiastic, and excited about doing something that seems huge, that is probably from the Holy Spirit. You know, that's probably inspiration. And if you're feeling belittled, rushed, impatient, this is wrong, this is bad, that's probably temptation trying to get you off this path. And I mean, the one thing about temptation that's phenomenal, it's a great way to know if you're doing the right thing. Because if you're doing the right thing, you will be tempted. If you're doing all the wrong things and you just don't give a crap, you're not going to be tempted in that way. You're going to be tempted like, yeah, just drink another beer, man, what the heck? I mean, like, who cares, you know? But because, yeah, when you're striving, the temptations are going to be like, hurry up, you're not doing enough. Get this done. Get this done. You know, those are the kind of temptations you're going to hear. Or like, you're so stupid. Why would you even think that you could do something like this? That's that's what temptation feels like when you're on the path or when you're on the way. But you know what God sounds like in those moments is, it's okay. All is well. You're going to be fine. You know, you just got out of bed. Just do the next right thing. Take a shower, whatever you're getting ready to do. You know, eat your breakfast. <laughs> Everything is fine. It's all going to go how it's intended to go. And absolutely beautiful, Doug, that you're, you were able to see, wow, I really woke up crabby today. That self-awareness will help you then to choose not to do that in the next moment. Right after I did that, I went straight out to the garage. That's just like my place, of course. And right. like, Within like three minutes, I like thought, what just happened? Like I've been 
doing really well. And just seems like the last, you know, maybe week, it's just like, there's got all these, I've got so many like thoughts and so many things that I want to do and I want to accomplish. And it's just like, you go back to, there's never enough time, but there's plenty of time. It's just, I don't know how to do the time management and sit back and let it unfold. You know, that's the hardest part. Probably the sit back and let it unfold is the hardest part because the so many things in your mind, that's inspiration. And the hurry up or the agitated or the get it done, that is temptation. Right. So then we're back to peace. Like we're back to finding quiet time to just listen to what God's plan is. You know, to kind of answer your earlier question, Doug, like how can we hear what God's plan is if we're just going 100 miles an hour, doing this, doing that, doing this, doing that. And and a lot of times it's, it's not just, you know, negative things, it's good things. It's things we're excited about. It's like, oh my gosh, we got to make this, we got to make this happen. But I think if, if we can all, and this is totally a goal for myself, if I can just find time for even just a minute or two where I am just quiet and just, okay, God, what, what do you need me to do now? What's your plan for me? And be quiet and listen. We had a speaker talk to our church at Sacred Heart about stewardship. And it was one of the big takeaways for me was prayers they pray, the rosary, the stations of the cross, just beautiful prayers that they pray are, are beautiful and holy. But there is something to be said for just being quiet and listening to what God has planned for us. And maybe that's what happened in those three minutes, Doug, when you went out into your garage and you're just chilled. It was like, okay, now I get it. Now I can choose to be the man I want to be, or I get to choose to be the woman I want to be in this. Because I think as we talk about how, you know, we want to move through Lent with some uh, introspection and some thought of who we really are meant to be. One thing to think about is, like we talked about last time with habits, I mean, if you had so gotten crabby with Katie, and then you just thought like, man, this is how it always is. And you would like slip back into some kind of pattern of thinking or habitual thinking, then, you know, the fruit of that situation is bad. But if you spend three minutes in your garage introspectively go, huh, I wonder why that just happened. You know, that's interesting to me that I just was crabby like that. I haven't done that for a long time. You're on the path. I mean, that means you're, you get it. You're figuring it out. You're on the path. So then you have a chance because, you know, I I can't remember which podcast we said this in, but you're going to mess up all the time. We all are. We're going to mess up all the time. And the difference between Judas and Peter is Judas hung himself and Peter started crying and he said he was sorry. You know, I mean, that's, that's it. But we all have our things, right? We all have our struggles. Lisa, as far as Lent goes, what do you get most excited about when Lent comes back around each year? That's a great question. Okay, so what do I get most excited about when Lent comes around? I don't know if excited is actually the right word for me. It's like a really great time to just get very introspective about what do I really need to work on to get closer to God? What do I really need to work on to love, like the readings mass this weekend, or love my enemies, or love people that have hurt me, or love people that I love? Like, what can I do more In the last few years, I'm trying to do extra things as opposed to giving up things, like doing more for others, having more empathy and compassion for people that maybe I don't understand or people that have hurt me in the past. I guess when I think about it, it I do get excited just because I'm always happier when I am focused more on God and love and reaching out to others. That just automatically helps me to feel happier and excited about myself. So I guess that's it. The last thing that you had sent out to me was, how can we add one daily thing to turn toward love? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think we can make that very simple. I think if everybody, including myself, would just choose one thing a day to do differently during this season of Lent, just one one thing. And like I said before, it can be very simple. It can be a smile at someone. It could be when you're driving in traffic, letting somebody go in front of you. It could be you know, saying an extra prayer. It could be an extra long hug or kiss for your wife or your husband. But just choose one small little thing a day where you turn towards love or towards God or towards others. I think that would be a really great goal to have during Lent. Sheila, on the last podcast, you had mentioned that you didn't really know what you were going to do for Lent yet. So what exactly is uh, your plan for Lent? Or just like Lisa had mentioned, are you looking at Lent the way she is as far as doing extra things for people? Or are you focusing more on giving up or a combination of both? So I'm a giver upper, definitely. I think that it's really easy for me to overdo it with things that are good, partying, food, you know, things that are fun, talking, all that stuff. I can go a hundred miles an hour in no time at all. And when it's a season for giving up, it's always just a beautiful thing for me. So I, I'm definitely going to fast. I think I'm going to do another three-day water fast. Definitely planning on fasting from continuing to fast from sugar. My husband and I have been fasting from sugar for a while. And then I am also going to fast from technology. So no phone for me, which anyone who knows me knows that'll be crazy to see me without my phone. So I'm going to have it during the day at work and only check it like three or four times during the day and then not have it at all when I'm not working. That's my plan for Lent. And I think that that is something that I'm going to do for love because it's going to give me time to pay more attention to the people that I love, you know, when they're close. So instead of constantly having my face and my phone, even if I'm working or even if I'm doing something that I would consider constructive, giving it up. That is a great idea, Sheila. I love it. It can be such a time sucker, can it? Oh, yeah. Before you know it, it's like, oh my gosh, it's an hour later and I was I was just going to check one thing and then you end up being on there for way longer. It's ridiculous. I mean, they have it, it, it is. They have it down to the greatest science that you could possibly, you know, put together in someone's mind is like, that is their job is to keep you there. They're good. Oh, they're real good. good. I think Lent is a great time for me personally. I get what Lisa's saying. And I think that's also beautiful for me personally. I think it's a great time to break the links in the chain that bind me and see how it feels for 40 days to let go of all that. I was having breakfast, actually meeting with Michelle at Cornerstone in Troy. They have a really great Bible quote on the wall. (laughs) So I took a picture of it, of course. But I do want to share this quote with everyone because I just think it's a beautiful, beautiful quote. And it's from Esther 4.14. Perhaps this is the moment for which you have been created. That is one of my favorites. I love that quote. Oh my gosh, it's so good. If we could keep that in our minds throughout moments of our day, of course we will act out of love. And of course we will keep God first in our minds because Maybe this is the moment for which he created us. Okay, we hope you enjoyed today's episode with Lisa and Sheila, and they added a little inspiration to your day. And be sure to connect with The Way on Facebook, and also Instagram at The Way Mind Body Spirit. The Way is now available on all listening platforms that podcasts can be heard. And the newest one that we're most excited about is in the Apple iTunes app. Go over there and give us a review, and we would be absolutely gracious if you'd give us a five-star rating. That only helps the show grow and get more people to hear the message. And so, with all that said, we hope you all have a great day, and we will talk to you ladies later. Bye, Doug. Thanks, Doug. Appreciate you being on the way.